Welcome to Blue Notes On Air. Join us as we chat with experts, analysts and commentators from the Asian region about business, culture and economics. People resist change, but if we understand the ways in which people resist change, the fears for example, how can we allay those fears at the same time that we're making people excited about the future? Today, Karina Paracella and MIT professor Roberto Fernandez chat about resistance, fear, and change in the workplace. We hope you enjoy the discussion. Roberto, wonderful to have you talk with us at Blue Notes. Well, thank you. I'm so pleased to be here. I feel honored to be with you. Thank you. So let's talk about organizational transformation. What do companies need to consider when embarking on a digital transformation agenda? So I have been involved in a number of these, and I think I have a few lessons about commonalities that I've seen as uh, companies move in this direction. That is, this looks deceptively, at first glance, like a technical issue. And what happens very quickly is that people learn, in the examples that I've been lucky enough to be involved in, is that far from being a technical issue, people are going to be implicated in the change. And one of the things about people is that they have a kind of default set of mindsets around how organizations work. And the way I like to talk about this is three different perspectives that people walk into the room thinking about organizations. Sometimes, um, the, especially the technically oriented people, will tend to think of it as a set of uh, systems and processes, that what we're doing is we're changing the processes and the systems to match new realities. And what happens often as, uh, well, that's certainly the case that we need to do that. What happens often is that people come to recognize that actually those processes have owners. And those owners are going to be playing the role of stakeholders. They have an interest not only in where the organization has been, but where is it that the organization is being taken. So this second perspective, if, if the first one systems and processes, the second perspective really is viewing the organization as a set of stakeholders, has a kind of political element. Small p, small p. What is an organization from this perspective? It's a set of people trying to get things done, and they have interests, and they don't necessarily align. People are passionate in pursuing those interests. And in this case, to navigate those kinds of processes, you really need to have a different skill set, kind of the skills of a diplomat. You need to be able to negotiate and to uh, square perhaps what looks like at, at first contradictory interests. And so that uh, idea often dawns on people partway through the transformation. Rather than being in front of this, they should have realized, yes, actually those owners, they, they were always there and they were gonna come out as soon as you try and change them. And then the last perspective that I think is rather important is actually, we call this the cultural perspective, but in a very specific sense, the perspective where people think of standard operating procedures that are comfortable, they grew up in an era when they solved problems so that we didn't have to think about them. And humans are very attracted to having simplifying assumptions. Okay, these are the things we don't have to think about, we can move forward from there. 
turns out those are the most dangerous at a times of change because at a fundamental level, what transformations are about is the value proposition of how it is that we actually present to our customer, how it is we present to each other, ways of working, etc. And all of those are being taken for granted when we start the process. And we don't recognize that actually, in a very real sense, they're being uprooted and they're going to need to be replaced to match the new realities. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what I would say with respect to the things that are pretty important for organizations to be in front of. Mm -hmm. These three perspectives help keep you focused on the kinds of things that need to happen. It's not just systems and processes, but it's also the fact that people, passionate people might not agree, but also they come to the table with all kinds of assumptions and mm. presumptions. Absolutely, and, and we've heard before the quote, the hard stuff is actually easy, it's the soft stuff that's hard. So the soft stuff being people. Um, so we're talking people and culture. How do companies, big companies like ANZ that are global, how do we navigate through some of those challenges when it comes to culture change? So I think the key to understanding uh, this, this um, dynamic around people is that there are um, basic psychological processes that are going to be uh, brought out at times of change. And in particular, those habits that I talked about, cultural changes that might happen, they actually put people in a kind of sense of unease sometimes. They, you know, people like to think about what is their role in the organization, so clarity about what that is. Well, often when you're riding this tiger toward a new future, actually that's in short supply. You have to kind of go with some faith. Mm -hmm. And so there are both these kind of psychological processes that have to do with a kind of looking to the past, but also, okay, uncertainty about the future, but also there's, a, there's an emotional component, which is that humans feel nostalgia. They feel comfort in the past. And again, the leader's job, once they understand that this is a more complex story than simply hitting send on an email, is to actually make people at ease with the idea that we're going to be part of the solution moving forward. And what I've been recommending as I uh, work with various companies is to try and find the golden thread. What is it that resonates from the glorious past and that can be drawn forward into the even more glorious future right. as, we go, as we go out onto this new frontier that's not quite clear yet, but it's exciting. And in order to do this in such a way that the shields do not come up, because we know that people resist change, but if we understand the ways in which people res resist change, the fears, for example, how can we allay those fears at the same time that we're making people excited about the future? Right. And so these companies also have things like KPIs and measures and metrics, and they're typically aligned to incentives. So do these help or so, hinder? So, so they can, so again, you have to be a little bit forgiving of groping toward finding the right balance is the way I would, I would say. The learning, organizations learn as they go. And the, the thing about KPIs, the systems and the processes, the people who are 
who are really focused on systems and processes often think that that's the key, is that we need to get the right metrics and to get them in the right balance, et cetera. The worry with that is that often we're asking more of a here's where we're headed and we actually haven't gotten exactly the right measurement yet. Maybe we'll evolve there, maybe we won't. But can we rely on the goodwill of people to um, not let the incentive system get in the way of doing the right thing? And the stories that you know, are often, um, I often like to talk about these as kind of one-cylinder engines on a car. Right? That if you think the only management tool you need are a set of KPIs and metrics, beware. Because often, if we are very clear about what we're measuring, we're inviting people to give us exactly that. And we're actually not giving a lot of thought to how they get there. And the example I like to use is the example in, in the case of India, where cobras were a terrible problem. And so there was a bounty that was placed on cobras bring us a cobra, we give you $5. And what this produced was certainly a lot of cobras were being recovered, but it also produced cobra farms, mm. where people started raising cobras as a way of business. Incredible. And then worse is that once there was a recognition, oh, this hasn't having the intended effect, mm. there was a, um, an ending of the bounty, and then what happened with all those cobras? They were released into the wild. So in the, in the end, it actually made the situation worse. So KPIs are things like other adjustments as you make these transformations go, is that there has to be a kind of learning cycle as we experiment and fit the, uh, the organizational processes to the new realities as we learn them as we go along. Mm. So Roberto, any last tips for companies embarking on their transformational journeys? So I think I do have a, a few insights that um, I've learned over the years. For one, everyone is in a hurry. Everyone feels the pressure to do this quickly. And I think that the lesson that I would uh, ask people to consider is that it's a marathon more than it's a sprint. And it can't be run at a sprinter's pace. That very quickly people will become exhausted if you're not patient with giving people the time to adapt to the new realities as they go forward. I think the other one is that there's a very common feeling that we've been perfectly clear about what we want to do. Why are they, whoever they are, not understanding? And I think that's where the the idea that you can never communicate enough in order to achieve that mutual clarity and understanding and that rather than think about these transformations as being foisted on people so that they're happening to people, how can we craft the changes in such a way that people feel ownership of that future? Because we know that if people feel ownership, they're more likely to take those steps to implement it and to who knows? Craft something that may not look like what you thought would be happening, but in the spirit of, an of uh, excuse me, experimentation, the implementation would go much more smoothly. So empowerment is key. I really think that's right. Thank you so much, Roberta, for it's joining us terrific. on Blue Notes. Thank you. Thank My you so pleasure. much. Thank Enjoy you. Australia. Thank you. <laughs> I will.
listening to Blue Notes On Air. Blue Notes On Air was produced by the Blue Notes editorial team with music by Kevin McLeod. Blue Notes is a publication of ANZ Banking Group.